I'm Jenna Dunning and I'm here with Ozzy Oswald. He is the uh, host for the other segment I produce, Religion in Life, and he's here to talk to me a little bit about religion and sexuality at this point in our generation. So welcome, Ozzy. Thank you, Jenna. This uh, is fun to be on your program. It is. It's yeah. so fun. I, I like that we're now able to, you know, like kind of get a taste of both sides, you know, <laughs> as an interviewee and an interviewer. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Ozzy, I looked you up and I saw that you had dozens of accomplishments. And I, you can see here we have a couple of the awards that Religion and Life recently won, or not recently, but in the past years won. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw you've written a few books and again, like several articles, uh, all that had to do with religion and, and life, if you will, you know? Um, one that caught my eye was the uh, the book titled Playing With God. Hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about that book? Sure. Uh, that was a book that's a little bit different from some of the other things I have written. And I actually uh, wrote it um, in conjunction with an adult Sunday school class I was teaching at the church I attend. And um, for Lent, I agreed that I would write a daily reflection if the class would read it and then we could discuss it. So those daily reflections during Lent became daily reflections for over a year until I finally just wore out uh, writing them. Um, so I went back and collected some and I saw a theme emerge and, and the theme was that uh, there is a kind of uh, spirituality that we can encounter in everyday life. And I found that some of the most meaningful encounters I discovered uh, came through activities that we might consider playful. You know, playing with the dog, uh, playing right. with sports, um, our spare time and our leisure activities. So I, I collected those essays with that in mind. And uh, it's just a, a series of reflections of how we can encounter the spiritual or God uh, through our everyday activities in places we might not yeah. normally expect to see. Absolutely. Them. And um, I was going to say my, the way I was brought up, what, I was brought up Catholic, but my aunt prefers to call us Cthulhuist, Catholic Buddhist. Okay, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> like, I'm going right. to that one. Yes, no, so she, that's more so what I would describe my family as, is we're very, um, we believe in karma, we believe in doing right by the world, but the thing that I feel, or I felt most connected to about this book, and at least the reviews and the short uh, debrief I read about it, was that it aligned very similar with what my parents brought us up as. Mm -hmm. um, it was the fact, like the way that my family interprets God is through good deeds and like happy actions. You know, anything that you can do that makes you feel morally good. And I guess we just, our ideology is that we are meant to be a better person than we were the day before. And I feel like we often find those pieces that help us be that better person in acts of everyday life. So I found this book to be very um, meaningful because I know in the queer community, oftentimes religion, especially Christianity, is very taboo. A lot of us have had poor experiences, and I myself, growing up in the Catholic Church, I made all of my sacraments. I believe there's a picture of me, actually, after I made confirmation. That'll come up in a second. But, um, yeah, I had made all these sacraments and went through all the classes, and I, 
it was it was a different time. It felt like I was back, like it, we were like in the 70s again. This was like, I don't know, two, early 2010s. Right. And I remember we had this one class that was, they um, separated the girls and the guys into different rooms and talked about like marriage and, you know, abstinence and all these different things, which was ugh, already awkward, you know. I'm like, I, I don't want to hear, I like, I don't want to hear about this in school, let alone from my church. But the class that day basically revolved around how women or like wives provide for their husbands and how that is our main job. Right. And I remember after that moment, I thought I already had it pretty much up to here <laughs> with like with the church. But after that, I remember completely feeling resentment towards God and faith. And that was really hard for me as someone who grew up in such a loving family who painted God in a, in a nice light. So I wanna ask you how you see or have experienced religion progressing mm -hmm. so these things might not happen to future generations. Yeah, you said a lot there and I think a couple of comments just before I go to that question. Um, religion at its best, right, I think does the same things that you were talking about earlier, your positive experiences with uh, treating people with respect and love and finding uh, the spiritual in everyday life. It's sad that sometimes institutional religion kind of gets in the way of that and puts up roadblocks and in fact has driven you away, it sounds like. And uh, to be honest, many people of your generation don't relate to institutional religion positively anymore. So, you know, religion at its best should be inclusive, right. but sometimes it's exclusive and keeps people um, away. Now, I think your question was, is the church or religion progressing in matters of sexuality? Mm -hmm. um, I maybe uh, <laughs> some traditions are. Um, you know that religion in general has difficulty with sexuality. There, I mean, it's all across the spectrum, right? Some traditions paint sexuality in a very restrictive and negative light. Um, and, and there's a lot of shame involved, um, a lot of guilt. Um, other traditions on the opposite end of the spectrum see sexual union as the greatest expression of divine union. So religion in general doesn't do a very good job with sexuality, period. Right? <laughs> right. Um, now in, in Christianity, throughout history, uh, the church has tended to be heteronormative for the most part. Is that changing? Yes, okay. Um, I think we see uh, openness in some parts of the Christian world, like the Anglican Communion, where um, uh, same-sex couples uh, and, and marriage between same-sex couples is acknowledged and blessed and accepted. Um, uh, in the Anglican community, uh, LGBTQ individuals can enter the priesthood. So there's some acceptance in some corners of Christendom, um, and then in other corners of Christendom, there's a kind of conservative pushback against that, right? Mm -hmm. So there's not a simple answer. Right. Um, uh, I, th I think that overall there's a growing movement towards uh, greater inclusivity and acceptance, but it's by no means universal. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will say we just, you know, for Religion and Life, we just had the guest on who with the church and she she discussed a very progressive practice. Yes. And that was very um, 
it was very comforting for me back in the control room um, watching watching two people who are very faith driven like have such a nice open conversation about literally including everybody and that's mm -hmm. not just you know those who uh, I guess have a not a uh, I guess those who, like minorities, if we're gonna put in a broad term. Right. And it's, that is super refreshing, so I'm glad that there are, there are like signs that, you know, religion and faith is progressing along with us. But I also found that spirituality has been something that, especially in the town of Boone, that a lot of people from my generation have latched on to. Like, um, I personally, I'm, I don't know exactly where I fall with my faith yet, uh, somewhere between agnostic and atheist right now. I'm still figuring it out. Mm -hmm. But I know a lot of people are, like, put their faith into, like, pieces of the earth. And, like, I'll bring up crystals, like, for example. But a lot of, a lot of girls my age, I know, will get very into tarot and, like, crystals and, and astrology and all these different things. And I, I see that a lot of people will often laugh or not take this practice seriously but I, that frustrates me and now again like I don't exactly participate in those things either but I think that it's it's frustrating to hear you know like when someone completely counts out one form of faith because it doesn't align with the form of faith that they're used to or that is considered normal through society right. and again to revert back to your book I think that you do a great job of explaining that faith doesn't always come from the, I guess, the like the sacraments, for example. Like me right. making confirmation. Like I made confirmation. I, in the eyes of God, am like, I've devoted my life to him or, or Jesus. And I, at this point now, I don't even know if I believe in Jesus Christ. So it just, I felt like that's such an empty promise while these actions through life, you going through your every day, you know, maybe helping somebody at the grocery store mm. or, you know, someone cross the street, whatever it is. I feel like those actions are, bring you closer to God or whatever divine power you believe in more so than the things that we often feel are like, uh, like regimen, you know, yeah. like like the going to church, creeds and and rituals and absolutely, and yeah. So, um, uh, well, you're a seeker, right? I mean, I thought you were a Cthulhuist, but Cthulhuist, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say that's my family. <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. I'm more so, so, so seeking. But I, the things you're describing, and I think you're accurately describing this area in particular, uh, and you're also accurately describing your generation, which I think we're in Generation Z now. Yes. Um, yeah. There, what, what that suggests to me is that there's a great spiritual hunger, but um, that there's, for some reason, uh, many people now are not finding uh, the antidote to that hunger within traditional institutions, right? Right. Um, I think there are a lot of reasons for that. Sociologists talk about it all the time. Um, we, we have a whole generation of what we call nuns, you know, none of the above when it comes to religious affiliation. Yeah. Um, but and people call themselves spiritual but not religious. So all of that comes into play. Um, I I would just say that it's a shame when religious institutions exclude because I think that that's not what religion at its best does. And you know I'm I'm old now and I know less than I did when I was young. But I <laughs> I. Um, I refuse anymore to be part of a religious organization that works on exclusionary um, 
uh, grounds. And unless um, a religious institution can demonstrate to me that it's inclusive of all people, regardless of race, ethnicity, gender, uh, sexual attraction, um, gender identification, whatever, you know, we have all these ways of dividing people up. Right. Um, religion ought to be welcoming to bringing people together and not ex not dividing them mm -hmm. up anymore. So. And that's and again, that's that's just a perfect statement. I feel like to end on because I think that's what's most important here, and that's the best way that we're going to see religion progress mm -hmm. is through more acceptance, more inclusivity. And I'm glad that you know. Um, religious professors stuff, such as yourself are able to you know, acknowledge this and enlighten other students that this is how it should be, maybe if they were raised differently. So thank you for you know, you. Helping, helping give faith uh, a chance, I guess, with our generation. Well, it's, it's out there. Um, it, the, those traditions may not be the loudest, right? right. Um, they might not be the loudest or the most numerous voices, but it's out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. I want to come back sometime. Good. Hopefully, maybe I'll come on Religion and Life. <laughs> do that. All right. All right.